So this is going to be different. Uh, This Keep It Simple podcast is definitely going to be different. Um, There is no script, no agenda, no show notes, no polish. There will be no um, um, editing on the backside. Uh, It just is what it is, organic in every way. And um, so uh, how we arrived at where we are is and you would have gotten this but last spring i sent over 50 text messages to friends and i had this idea of bringing the podcast back and looking at six rhythms of grace uh study prayer uh, authentic community silent solitude and service and i sent that text to like 50 50 friends and just said uh, hey of these which are you most drawn to what would you like to talk about over 40 people responded with community. Jeez. Right. And so on the backside of that, I backed up and said, okay, we don't, we don't need to do a podcast about uh, rhythms of grace. Uh, We need to do a podcast about community. And um, so the keep it simple podcast, this is um, episode one. um, And it's going to be a lot different Um, uh, in, in my life. pretty colorful background and know a lot of people from a lot of different avenues. Um, the one common thread is, uh, uh, their, their faith, their belief system. Um, but a lot of people from a lot of backgrounds and I very much look forward to introducing the world, uh, to a lot of them and hearing their stories. But, um, obviously episode one has to be, uh, has to be goodness so, gracious. Um, our uh, so our relationship right goes way back tenth grade, I think maybe. Yeah, tenth uh, summer summer of tenth coming into eleventh. Is that right? Oh, that's right. And um, and we've been together since. You know, um, in those years, especially those first five to six years uh, of student ministry in one Robbins. Um, I got a lot of the accolade or a lot of the credit for, um, what we built, but in reality, it was you and Mindy, um, you know, you and Mindy, uh, are the reason why the movement became what it became. And then, um, not only that, but, but not only did you all build it, but then what you did was you modeled that leadership for others, right? And so um, as I think kind of down the list and through the years, I think about Brian Landreth and Caroline Freeman. And um, uh, even after that, you had Stephen Landreth and Allison Freeman. And you had, you know, these different people um, who filtered through. And there's a whole host of others. If you're listening to this and you're like, he didn't mention me. Um, I, I know who you are. I appreciate you. But my point is that you and Mindy started that. Um, and we've been together. We've been together a long time. How old are you? I am 29. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be 30 in February of next year. Oh gosh. So from 16, uh, yeah, 15 or 16, 15 or 16. Um, and so, um, you know, 
it's a compliment to me. Oftentimes, our names are coupled together, especially when we're talking about simplify stuff. People around here, uh, I'm in middle Missouri now uh, for folks who don't know that. Connor's still in South Georgia, but people here in middle Missouri, they they um, associate the two of us, and uh, which is always a compliment. But um, then the transformation, right? So the health transformation episode, the podcast that we did, um, gained a lot of traction and really uh, inspired a lot of people. Um, and so very often I get asked from people here and from some people down there, how is Connor? Where is Connor? How's he doing in his um, in his health walk? Is he is he happy and healthy? And and how are they? So yeah, so um, give us the skinny. How are you? Where are you? What are you doing? You look great. So obviously the the health transformation wasn't a wasn't a flash in the pan. Um, so so catch us up. Yeah, man, it's been. Um... It's been quite the journey. Uh, obviously, the, the initial year or so of like the big drop because I think I think I came into January of was it nineteen January of nineteen, and this wasn't my this wasn't my highest weight, uh, but I got on the scale and I was not a frequent scaler. Like I did not I did not step on a lot of scales. Uh, you know, like I think my driver's license still said 295 when I knew when I put it down that I was not 295. Uh, but I didn't know. Yeah, I truly didn't have a really an idea of what I was. Um, but that January, you know, first or second, whatever day it was, uh, I was 334. I weighed 334 pounds. And, you know, I'm six one, and you know, and so it was. That was a thing. First time I had really seen the number on like a you know home scale. I've always been a little terrified of the doctor's office because every time you want to go for something, they want to weigh you. And you know, uh, you know, if you're a person who's struggled with weight, you you understand that feeling of being like, no, I can uh, just give me some medicine. I don't want to go to that doctor. I mean, and it's crazy to think yeah. that you know that limitation was so real all the time. But that January weighing in, seeing the number, um. I mean, really, I mean, right before that, telling, telling the guys like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to try something, you know, and I, I, I really think this is the time I want to run, you know, 10, five Ks and I'm going to need someone to either run them with me or someone to, you know, just a, a kick in the rear end and encouraging word, whatever the thing is, I'm going to need a whole bunch of it. Cause I'd tried like any person who's, who struggled with their weight. I'd tried a billion times before, um, yeah. Some, you know, some, some bouts more successful than others, but nothing really long lasting. And, you know, I think it was, you know, I probably ended that year, you know, somewhere floating around 205, 210, something like that. And then ran wow. a, you know, a half marathon in January, probably right around the same number kind of a deal. And, uh, and since then, man, it's, it's really just been life. Um, it's been everything in between and, and I've struggled a, a lot as, as good of a season I'm in right now, as far as the balance, it's been a, it, it is truly a journey. Uh, one of my greatest mm -hmm. fears selfishly was that I'd be a person who, who lost weight, got healthy and then gained it back. Um, and I don't know why, cause sure. I've never, if a, if another person has done that in my life, I've never thought anything negatively about them. But for me personally, I was just like, I don't, I don't want it. 
I don't want to do that. Um, and, and it really, it, it it's from the outside, you know, I don't know if it's been as noticeable, but there's been seasons though, where it still fluctuated a lot, you know, um, maybe because okay. of my frame, maybe just because of my level of activity. When I did pick up weight, sometimes, it, you know, I could gain a little bit more or lose a little bit more and it go a little under the radar, but there were still times in these last couple of years that I've, you know, I've picked up some picked up some pounds, you know, maybe 20, 30 pounds here and then been able to drop it. So it's still been trying to figure out what sustainable life looks like um, in pursuit of not a number on the scale. Cause of course I had that battle early mm-hmm. on too, not in kind of getting past that yeah. or wanting to get past it a lot of times, but really just attaining that level of health that allows for freedom. You know, because that was the whole mm-hmm. that was the whole thing. Is I mean, I I, ta- I I talked about it just a couple of minutes ago, but I was scared to go to a doctor. You know, yeah. and that's a that's a limitation people don't think about. But there were times where I was like, man, I don't want to see the scale, and I don't want them to see it, or me have to tell them, don't tell me, kind of a deal. And I was like, I might have put myself in harm's way because I didn't want to look at a number. And then not to mention all the physical limitations that, that kind of came with it. And so to, to switch the focus um, to the pursuit of freedom instead of the pursuit of a number on the scale has, has really meant all the difference. And that, that people still continue, um, whether it's a, an encouraging word to me or whether it's them sharing their story about um, maybe how something that I said resonated with them and it was the kick that they needed or mm-hmm. it was the word that they needed to maybe not even pursue a really long health journey, but a, you know, just the, the freedom to let go of the number um, and just be like, mm-hmm. man, I just want to be able to do stuff. And that's, at the end of the day, I was just like, I wanted to be at a place where if someone asked me to do something, I didn't have to worry about it. I was like, I'm tired yeah. of going to a wedding and worrying about breaking a chair. You know, like that's, that's something yeah. again that yeah. it's only, it's maybe only a, you know, a, a smaller group of people know about, but I mean, that's like a fear I just carried around all the time. I'm like, sure. I got to kind of, you know, put more weight in my legs so I can halfway standing up and there's some just weird stuff. And I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to sit and mm-hmm. not worry about it. I want to say yes to a hike and not think about is something going to happen halfway through. And it's, it's been, it's been super tough, but there's not been a moment that I've regretted it, you know? Yeah. Do you, do you feel better physically, mentally, emotionally? Um, do you, do, is it, is it, what's the difference? Is there a difference? I, you know, I, I kind of wish not, I say I wish, I really don't, but I think the same when I went to the doctor right before late 2018, I went to the doctor for blood work and I was expecting and hoping that was going to be my kick in the, in the pants to go ahead and get moving. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't, my numbers were fine and it's pretty impressive to have okay numbers, uh, you know, to be what a doctor would consider 80 pounds past obese, you know, like it was, It was not impressive, but, you know, they were very clear, though, that the numbers, while they were okay right now, was not sustainable. And it was afforded only mm-hmm. by probably my level of activity and my age, um, but that mm-hmm. your body does not continue to give you that grace, you know, the, the further you get. So you were 25 or 26, you think? 20, yeah. 25? Yeah. yeah, right right around yeah. there. And, and they were like, so it's fine now, but it, it can't be forever. 
And right. I can tell you that. They're like, I don't know how long it is, but it's you're on borrowed time. And, um, <laughs> you know, so that was that was a thing because I kind of wanted that to happen. And, and again, maybe because of the age, I never really struggled with the sleep. I never really struggled with energy. I never really struggled with all of those things. But I can tell you that in, in season since, as I have, um, you know, I've gotten older and I have friends who do mm-hmm. talk about, you know, lower back issues or their knees or not wanting to get up and do this thing because I've been able to continue mm-hmm. some version of working out, whether it's running, whether it's walking, whether it's pickleball, disc golf, whatever the thing is, it's always fine. You know, I still, yeah. I still sleep like yeah. a rock. As soon as I touch the bed, I'm dead asleep. I wake up and I feel right. Yeah. Uh, if I, if I need to get up, like right now, my, my current rhythm is, uh, I get up at four thirty, and I'm usually out of the house about four forty-five, and I don't do anything crazy. Walk a couple of miles with the dog, come back in, get the house ready and Annie ready to go um, for the workday, and and that's about it, you know. And and from that, just kind of small amount of exercise right there, and and kind of practicing that consistent rhythm, it's all pretty good, you know. And mm-hmm. and the and the interesting thing, kind of. You know, the bummer, but also the nice thing that I can recognize it is that I can tell the weeks that I don't, you know, I can tell the weeks. Yeah. It's crazy to think that, you know, even though walking two miles, three miles, four miles might not feel like that much. If I get a couple of days where I just haven't moved, you know, other than that, that office. Oh, yeah. And it feels like it, you know, it feels like a, you know, I remember in days of training Luke and Rose in the yard and there, there were days you could tell where they didn't get to run. And they were, mm-hmm. they were pains in the butt, you know, like they didn't, they didn't listen to you. Mm-hmm. They were a little stir crazy. They were a little quicker, a little more headstrong. And I'm like, man, why am I so irritable today? Why am I so yeah. short on patience? Why am I so snippy? And it's almost always, you know, I'm just a, a dog that needs to, to run a little bit. And I think we all are though, right? I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you don't want to do it, but then once you are or have then you're glad that you did. Um, you talked about Annie. I want to hop over that. We're coming back for sure. She's going to have a whole <laughs> segment. Um, and you talked about the office. I want to hold off on that. We're going to come back to that too. But um, like I talked about these rhythms of grace, but everybody is wanting to talk about community. So my question is kind of in retro and you, you, touched on it some, not just, I mean, yes, in your health journey, but just kind of in general, how instrumental has authentic community, the authenticity, how scary is that? How hard is it to sit down with a, a friend, even though you've been together a long time and say, here's my struggles, here's my fears to kind of, to kind of allow somebody beyond the 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 wall you know beyond the curtain um and then what part what were what were your expectations of how that would be received when you were when you were talking about maybe having those conversations what was the reality and then through all of that um it's a three-part question through all of that um what part, how instrumental was community in, say, from 2018 uh, to 2023? Not to answer it at all in the order in which you have asked it. Um, but community <laughs> is 
I'm pretty sure, um, whether you like this answer or not, it is, I'd say, unavoidable as far as success. Yeah. As far as success. Uh, I think a lot of people try to, I mean, there's even, you know, like a probably some version of a movement on, um, you know, just in pop culture and and media that, you know, the lone wolf mentality of you're the one who's got to handle it. You've got to do this. You've got to be the one to make the decision. And there's definitely truth to that about you at the end of the day. Uh, Even if I have a great group of of friends, uh, I'm not getting up at 430 because of anything that any of them say, you know. So, I mean, at the end, it is definitely still based on personal decisions. But but I think for that long-term success and I think for kind of especially developing some of the passion that you have for whatever the thing is, whether it's running, walking, uh, pickleball, disc golf, you know, whatever the thing is, um, I think they help fuel it. And I think that create something long term because uh, i mean you know me we've journeyed for a long time and i'm not dissimilar from a lot of people like i i might get into stuff more than most people but mm-hmm. but i'm you know to some degree cyclical you know i have seasons of this thing where I, i'm very into this and i might transition at some point into something else but i think what creates some of that uh, intensity and creates some of the longevity for those things it's definitely the people um because whether it is disc golf, where there's, I have a great group of guys and uh, who I can always call on, and and not just about disc golf stuff, you know, like about about yeah. life stuff. It turns from a guy that you can go out there and throw frisbees around in the, you know, woods with to a guy you can call when you have a flat tire, or a guy when some you know something mm-hmm. happens in someone's family that you rally around and, and help out. Or pickleball has been one that's been really interesting because you go out there and there's, I mean, truly at this point because the sport's so thing big uh you go out there and you got people who are 10 years old all the way up to you got people playing like competitively people i've played with in their 70s um mm-hmm. and it's just such a cool group of people where they're like hey man didn't see you on monday night uh hope you're doing well or if i post up that i'm playing somewhere in town they're like i'm gonna come out to that and to see somebody and you're like whoa that's the guy i've been playing with for the past few weeks um stuff mm-hmm. like that it has just been so much more instrumental than I could have ever imagined, you know, and it's. So when you're saying playing out somewhere in town, you're talking. About yeah, music. yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So if I'm, okay. I'm playing a okay. gig and then it's kind of this crossing over of worlds, which is what community is. Cause if to me, mm-hmm. community, I guess it could be bound to a specific thing, but like the, the real depth of community is when it starts to cross over all over the place. You know, it, it moves from the pickleball courts yeah. to the dinner table to the, you know, gig across town, to the whatever it is. Um, Which is the authentic part, right? So, I mean, we do community in silos. You know what I mean? Like you got your office people, you got your church people, you got your this people, you got – but when we we morph into authentic community, all of that goes together like spaghetti in a blender, you know? No, for sure, and it and it and it means the difference. It, it I'm I'm trying to think of like uh you know just a, one of my buddies uh from work showed up to a gig of mine. You know I was playing out in Perry, and and he showed up uh, with his girlfriend and some friends. And small gesture, you know, but it it meant it meant the world to me because it was somebody kind of crossing over worlds and saying like you know, I'm willing to put myself out there and he might not think of it this way at all. Sorry, Daniel. Um, 
But, sure. you know, but he put himself out there and, and went to something and let me know without saying, hey, man, I'm here to support you. Like, hey, I'm here to support you with my presence and, and, mm-hmm. and how much that meant to me and how much moving forward that lets me know in our interactions like, oh, I can be a little more real with him. Hey, I can be a little bit more mm-hmm. vulnerable with him and, and stuff like that, that in, in all of the pursuits, especially with the, the health journey, but really every aspect of life. I mean, the more people you can find like that, surround yourself with those people, but also be that person for other people. Yeah. You're just yeah, going to yeah. be so much it's, I mean, to some degree it's insurance, you know, it's like, you're just, it's a, it's a solid investment to make in a non-selfish way, but yeah. it's, it's, it's nearly foolproof, you know, when you surround yourself with good yeah. people. Mm-hmm. And, and three quarter of that battle is showing up. Uh, it's, uh, practice the ministry of presence is the way that I like to yeah, say it, good. but practice, practice this ministry of presence, just show up. Be consistent, show up for people, um, not necessarily even to say or do anything um, like Daniel. I think you said Daniel, but I mean, just show up, um, you know, and that um, I think that's a, a key piece to the to the um, authentic part of community. It's easy to show up like for the highlights. Um, it's quite another thing to show up for the kind of the mundane. Oh yeah. But I mean, if you think about it and I was just talking with the buddy, um, the other day and, um, not to get into the specifics of specifics of the conversation, but we talked about kind of the mundane portion of, uh, a life of faith and how so many people Mm -hmm. are afraid of it. People will get on these spiritual highs and, and then six months later, you don't really see them posting anymore or you don't see them. And, and yeah. it's and it's not because they were ever, I don't think, I don't associate it at all with them being fake, but I do associate it with, we have such a fear of normal. We have such a fear of, um, and maybe it's a, a fear based in something right. Maybe it is a fear of things, you know, not wanting to be complacent and not wanting to settle. So maybe there is some, some good mm-hmm. basis out of it, but a lot of times we will, you know, I think put ourselves in, in positions, um, where we, we, and I'm, I'm there a lot of times, but where we value the highs and we value the lows and we're not really interested in the middle, but I hate to break it to people, but most of life is going to be in the middle. And so like get get comfortable with the slight ascension and the slight descension, uh, cause the highs and lows, honestly, I mean, they're, they're going to be a blip in comparison. So mm-hmm. it's, it's mm-hmm. like, I got to find some, I got to find some Monday through Friday people. And, you know, and that's, yeah, that's tough. That's tough for a lot of people. Well, and, and, and sometimes that mundane is a simple text. Oh yeah. I can't tell you what it means to me if in, in, in my community and our people out of the blue to get a text message, Hey dude, thinking about you, miss you, you know, or Hey man, for some reason I was driving down the road uh, saw something made me think of you. Pause to pray. Yeah. Just want to let you know. And so it's. I mean, yeah, it is big stuff. But in that mundane, in that middle, gosh, that's a good word. We do because we seek the thrills, right? Like we seek the the highs, and we do all that we can to avoid the lows. Um, man, that's good. 
it's just it, it's tough because it is i think in our attraction to it um to the intensity i mean it like you said it's it's easy to show up to the award ceremony um it's easy to show yeah. up to some degree like when you know someone loses their grandpa or something like that and not to say that those things don't have value because mm-hmm. again you know the ministry of presence yeah. it does but yeah. there's going to be yeah. so many more days of not those things. Just the yeah, just the normal. And it's just like, and that's, yes. that's the day they get beat up on. That's the day that they need encouragement mm-hmm. on because it's, it, it's, it's just so needed. And it's tough though um, because, because again, if we like the intensity, then we want to be there for people in the intense moments. Um, and so it, it, does, it does require a different level of intentionality mm-hmm. and it requires doing things that sometimes I've sent that text and they either mm-hmm. didn't respond or they just said, thanks. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I kind of wanted a little something, you know, like <laughs> maybe, you know, screenshot yeah. this and put it on Facebook or something like, uh, but yeah. sometimes you just do it because it's the right thing to do. And because in, you know, in the yeah. moment it's the right thing and who cares? Well, and because it's true. Yeah, it's hundred percent. Right? So like. Even in the segue into this, which was a hot mess, I'm sure I'm going to go back and watch that, and it's going to take everything within me not to edit it out, but I'm not going to. Um, To take the time to be true. If it's not true, don't send it. But if you did hear a song that made you think about somebody or something and smile, take take the time once you get stopped. Don't break any traffic laws, but send the text. And yeah, I love that. I thought I'd get more of a response. The flip side of that is there's sometimes I get those and it's not that I'm any more busy than anybody else. We're all busy. We're too busy, actually. Um, but there's sometimes where I don't respond because I get it in the middle of something. And then later I'm like, oh, my gosh, I didn't respond. So then I got to send the thing explaining why I didn't respond and how much it meant to me. So. Um, yeah, that's, that's good. The, the middle. So, all right. So you, let's go to the office. So, um, you have made a shift. Um, uh, tell us about just this past year. Um, first of all, so that everybody knows what we're talking about, explain the shift. And then just kind of as you're willing and comfortable, Talk me through what led into that. Talk me through the process. Talk me through what the experience has been like for you. How is it now after having come through that stuff? Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, man. So it was um, January, super early January. I can't remember what my start day was. January 6th, January 4th, who's to say? Um, I moved out of, um, formal ministry, uh, where I had been for eight, nine, 10 years, something like that, somewhere in that range, um, to, uh, a company out of, uh, Perry, out of Perry, Georgia here in the middle Georgia area. Um, and I, it's a, a company you would never know exists or a field, you know, exists or in my job, you would never know exists, but I am an asset condition specialist for uh, a company called USG Water Solutions. And uh, mm-hmm. I basically write customer reports and write, you know, spec jobs for uh, water tower maintenance. 
Uh, so, so we have okay. contracts all over the country uh, where we do, you know, yearly inspections, renovations, you know, general maintenance and stuff like that, all sorts of stuff in between too. Uh, anyone who works mm-hmm. there, I'm, I'm probably butchering what we actually do because it's, it's always bigger than I think it is. Um, yeah. But made, made the shift uh, from formal ministry into what most uh, in the church world would consider the secular world. Uh, Second, yeah, so so from vocational ministry full time, yep. vocational ministry into um, the civilian yeah. life. Uh, so was that scary? I know it was emotional. I mean, we've you and I have communicated through sure, all sure. this, so I'm kind of leading you into. But but t- talk through kind of the months, however far before you want to go into that. Uh, what was that like? How was the Lord? How did that come about? What were you feeling? What was coming out of your uh, prayer time, reading time, scripture? Uh, you know, how did how did you arrive at this shift? I guess? Yeah, man, it was a uh, freaking terrifying uh, for sure, I bet. Uh, especially yeah, for me because yeah, yeah. I um I have this uh kind of daydreamy wandering nature. But I don't change a lot of things. Like I, I really and truly, like I, I, I married the girl that I started dating when I was fifteen. Um, and you did, you did, you both did. Very yeah, I mean, well. I, I super, you know, definitely shot up for that one. And so I, you gotta, you gotta lock that down as early as you can. Um, you don't strike gold <laughs> twice. I've been told. Um, oh, I, I, I remember. I remember the. I hey, remember chill the, out. There's uh, nothing. I remember the roll comb and the bangs that curled. How dare you? Uh, I remember braces, braces, <laughs> Mindy. But anyhow, don't want to interrupt. Um, yeah, so you. Yeah, and so so for having this kind of always daydreaming of something new, something different. I'm I'm very much a. Um, I don't even know if you'd want to call it a creature of habit because some people associate that too with being complacent. And but I, when I get into something, I like to commit. I like to be a part of things. I like to see things through. I'm definitely not. Abandoned halfway through. Uh, if anything, sometimes you know I might even you know lend towards the staying around too long sometimes because also having a little yeah. bit of the control freak. You want to make sure things are just so. Um, mm-hmm. But it was it was a it was a beautifully difficult season of of not wanting to leave, but knowing it was time to leave um, mm. because I. And everyone, everyone, um, and, and I was able to leave um, the church in, in a super healthy way. And I am pr- probably oh, yeah. more grateful for that than anything um, because I have so many okay. friends who, who have left ministry and it has not been that way. They have not desired yeah, to go back. Too. They didn't want to go into either church work or they didn't want to even go and worship at a church. They didn't want anything to do with it. And I was was and am so deeply in love with the work of the church, like God's actual church, um, that it was, it was, it was healthy and it was beautiful. And there's still things that, you know, you would, if you could go back and and change or adjust, you would things you can't know about, but like the people were so wholly good and encouraging and loving and supporting of me and Mindy and and this next season. Um, Mm -hmm. and so all of that was really good, but God, he had just, he had laid into me um, 
for quite some time and I had just, I had a, a, a piece finally, and I had had the piece probably earlier than Mindy did. But when Mindy finally got the piece, I felt good about it because I'm an emotional creature. Um, and, and, and when we both can be, but it's usually, you know, if one's kind of on that ups and downs, one is that, that steady force. And, and mm-hmm. so when Mindy got to the place where she didn't want to go, but she knew it was time to go, then I knew it was time. Um, cause mm-hmm. both of us were sitting there like the day of, we're like, uh, I bet you they they would just hire me back. I bet I could just stay. This is like your last. Yeah, this is like the last Sunday. This is like like, yeah, this is the Sunday before the last, the last, and then weeks after. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I I don't think it'd be that embarrassing if I just went ahead and and went went back, you know? Because it was it was just something that in my in my heart I did not want to do, but in my soul I knew I needed to do. Um, Wow. And so, and that's, and that's tough because then when people have questions and they want to know why, and they want to know who upsets you and they want to know, some people have the real answer, real questions and some people don't. Um, and you, and you want to be, my desire is always to be transparent. Um, but I have realized in being an open book and being transparent that sometimes, uh, not dissimilar to scripture and, and casting your, uh, pearls before swine and not to say that these people are swine mm-hmm. by any means, but some, yeah, no, sometimes yeah. the, the real and the real and true thing is not to be said in front of this person because maybe the way they'll take it, maybe the season they're yeah. in. And, and I was trying to be extremely um, cognizant of that when I was speaking with people because I, you just never want to do any damage. Cause I, I loved and loved yeah. the church so much that I never wanted to say anything that made people like, oh, Connor's leaving. I got to go to because it, it wasn't mm-hmm. like that. I'd be like, guys, I promise you mm-hmm. if I if I didn't have this feeling in my soul, I would one billion percent stay. And until you hear mm-hmm. God say otherwise, you should stay, too, you know, and. Yeah. And so it, to, to have those conversations was tough because I, as I'm sitting there wrestling with whether or not I should, I got other people, you know, everyone's, what happened? What's, yeah, what's happened? What's wrong? No, yeah. stay here. Well, you know, and all the stuff and, yeah, and, you know, and, and people supply their own reasons and, and, and stuff like that. And at the end of the day, I'm like, it's, it's not money. It's not time. It's not this. It's not this. It's 100% an obedience that I feel that I cannot avoid, even though I so desperately want to, because I would stay here until mm-hmm. I would stay here till I can't sing anymore. Till I can, till I can, till yeah. I can only do this part of my job. Cause you know, I was like, I'll, I'll stick around and I'll, we'll figure it out kind yeah. of a deal. And, and so that, that was super tough. And especially to have been in the place that I was before entering vocational ministry, where I was, you know, going pre-pharmacy and then, Called into mm-hmm. ministry, so I, I go into sales to pay for to pay for college yeah. until I can get the job at the church, and and to to some part, you're like, man, I'm regressing. Like this is yeah. some opposite prodigal son story where the son leaves again. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so so I had a thought while you're going, not to yeah. interrupt you, but so do you think that? Because I've been in those situations, I would bet. Uh, probably a high number of our people who will watch this or listen to it, I hope have been in those situations. So like you get people who come to you and they say, you know, what's going on? What's really happening? 
And so you answer them from this place of vulnerability and authenticity. You answer them as truthfully as you possibly can. And then their response is, yeah, yeah, that sounds real nice, but you don't have to tell me like what you're supposed to tell me, what's really going on. Yeah. I mean, and, and so what I'm leaning into here is how often does that keep us? We're talking about authentic community. How often does that keep us from the authenticity? Um, how how many times does it take to try to explain a spiritual thing to a non-spiritual person to only to be dismissed? How many times does that take before we just try quit trying to explain it and just say I, it's just what I'm supposed to do and leave it at that? You know, I mean. I, I, rhetorical question i mean i know we got to keep we got to keep we got to yeah. keep but um in the church of all places and like you said which i love i love the church not a church but christ's mm-hmm. church i love the body of christ and i love the work of the body of christ in the world but there's people in churches that do not understand spiritually truthful simple answers. Mm. Um, I don't know if this happened to you, but there was a time I was leaving a job there. and They were like, what's it going to take? You know, do you need a raise? I'm like, nope. What's it going to take to get you to stay? Like there's, it's not about money that we're being obedient. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And so then, so then the phone rings and it's another person like, Hey, I know so-and-so called and asked and you told them this, but we're really close buddies. Like you can really tell me what's your number. What do you have to yeah. have? Yeah. And it, and it, and, and and it you, feels it. I, th- I think in their defense, I think it's authentic. A lot of times they're like, they're really like, Hey man, I get it. What do you need? I want to, I want to take care of you. I yeah. get it. You're, you're, you're a guy who wants to support your family. And I think they really, yeah. to the best of their ability in that moment, especially because they're also processing emotional feelings that they might not even know. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I, I had a, I had grace for those people in those conversations because I'm like, eventually, I think given more time, you wouldn't have called me with this. I think you did this out of a knee jerk, out of uh, trying to. I was like, because I don't think you understand yet, and I think they will though, and I think maybe maybe they don't. Mm-hmm. You know, I hope, because um, yeah. that was that was a big thing. You know, for ministry, they're like, well, you know, you have a you have a baby now, and and you, the housing market's getting crazy and all this stuff. Like we we want to do that, and I'm like, I promise you, I said I I was willing to take a pay cut to leave, and I because mm-hmm. it just doesn't matter. Like that's, that's not the reason mm-hmm. you guys couldn't do anything. I could work one hour a week for mm-hmm. 50,000 more dollars. And mm-hmm. I, as crazy as it sounds, I wouldn't even think about it. I wouldn't even mm-hmm. like take, I wouldn't at that point, like I, I realistic, which is crazy to think about. Cause I'm, I am, I am driven by, you know, money to a fault and I'm driven by, sure. you know, success in a workplace and freedom of time. Like, yeah. But I don't even think I would take yeah. it to God and be like, "All right, they came back with another offer." I would, 
And that's yeah. when I knew. That's when I knew when when money didn't change anything, when time or or commitment, anything <laughs> changed. None of it swayed me in a different direction than what the piece I had already been given. And obedience trumps hundred percent. And 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 I, you can tell when people are being fake with the obedience because the first time you come with that offer, oh, yeah. they're like, "I'll take it." And you're yeah. like, "Oh." That's interesting, <laughs> you know. And yeah. for me, I, I'd be yeah. that person, and, and so I, that's when I knew I was like, "Oh, this is good. This is almost double yeah. confirmation for me because I am I am yeah. an easy one to fall for the you know the trappings yeah. of the world. Like I, yeah. it's something. So that was the lead up into leaving. Yeah. Um, even like you talked about sitting in in worship your last day, and you admit to your life. Yeah. Um, so then. Uh, tell me about the transition. Um, tell me about what you found uh, in in um, the real world, in, in the secular workplace. What's that experience been like? How has it paralleled ministry? Um, is is there? Do you still have opportunity to serve people well? And um, let's talk about that a little bit. No, man, that's a it's a, it's a good question because I I get it every now and then, and I just enjoy the conversation because i i feel like i'm revealed something new every time uh and it's the transition was tough you know it's one of those when you're switching from a little bit more flexibility um to something that's a little bit more you know black and white it's times it's days Mm -hmm. there's you know if you want to take a an extra hour on a lunch it's like well write that you know take that off your you know all this like just normal stuff like it was It was a transition in that way. Um, but I, I guess because I was ready for it for so long, it didn't, you know, and I was already kind of a creature of habit anyways with that sort of stuff. I, I was never a, a big fan of, I was already embracing structure kind of in ministry, um, yeah. maybe more than some. And so that, that didn't feel like it hit me as, as hard, but it was, it was the fear of entering into a place where I, you know, I wasn't leaning on my my ability uh, to care for people. I wasn't leaning on my ability to sing. I wasn't leaning on my ability to build teams or to train people. Like I was, this is something I freaking don't know anything about. And they were very yeah. clear in the job like interview that you will not know anything about it. This doesn't exist anywhere else, yeah. uh, uh, you know. And yeah, and um, but it's been so freaking good. It's been it truly um. And I and I knew when I was in the job interview, and I was so brutally and unnecessarily honest about where I mean, I talked about probably more spiritual stuff in the interview than I did th- with people. I remember you, and too. and I knew, um, I knew by the way it was. Honestly, I just knew when they called me back and said, "Yeah, you can have it." Um, I was like, well, "That's pretty good." So they know up front, I'm a, a I'm a crazy person. Um, yeah. But they, I mean, yeah, I mean, but truly gave, gave me a shot and, and it's just been so good. Um, and I, and I do believe it, it's, it's half because it's, it's something that I was supposed to do. Um, but then, but then also I think because we left when we were supposed to, and I think a lot of people deal with the next season being tougher than it has to be because they either left too early or they stayed too long. And so mm-hmm. a lot of people have to detox and they have to, and I didn't feel that need. I was immediately like, mm-hmm. 
we no longer have a place on Sunday morning, so we want to find that thing. We, you know, I've got to figure out how to connect with these people in the office in a way that I had because I loved, gosh, I loved my coworkers at the church and stuff like that. I was like, I've got to find this because these aren't things that are exclusive to a church. It's stuff I've really only known in a church. But I was like, but I'm not willing to give it up. Like, I got to be able to joke mm-hmm. around. I got to be able to get real when it's time and like all of the stuff. I was like, it, it can exist, but it might just look a different way. And it, and it has been that. It's been wow. getting close with people. And instead of being able to practice the gifts in the black and white ways that I was able to, like bring a meal or sit down mm-hmm. with somebody and hold their hand um, while you're waiting for somebody to, you know, pass or, Transition, yeah, or, yeah, or whether you are, um, you know, up there playing the guitar and, and trying to clearly give you know, the people, a word that God's given you for, for them or somebody mm-hmm. in the room, when you're, when you're still called to, to show those, to, to display your gifts, to offer your gifts to people in service, but it's not the way you have been doing it. And it's not in this traditional mm-hmm. sense. Like it's, it's daunting a little bit because there's not as, it's not as clear whether or not it's working. You know, it's the fruit mm-hmm. sometimes seem even a little bit more, you know, far, few and far in between. Um, but the, but the shift has been in such a good way. It, it has been, I feel called to do my job excellently. And I already did, mm-hmm. but that, 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 that's something in, in the, the workforce that I think both in, in church work and the secular world where people do the job as much as they have to, and they're kind of done. Um, mm-hmm. and, I'm just of the mindset that I have been given some version of ability, some version of talent, some version of gift, whatever that thing is, a drive, and that I'm supposed to use that in whatever direction I'm, whatever's in front of me at that time. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it has been setting an example of there, cause there's nothing like a Christian dude showing up and then finding out he's the worst worker at a place. Or, you know, you yeah. got the dude who say it again. For yeah. The I mean, or he, you know, yes. he slaps the Jesus fish on yeah. the, the work truck and yeah. they're, they're you yeah. know, skimming money off of people's. And it's like, no, what? Yeah. I was yeah. like, I, I, I'm a firm believer that, that a, a true Christ follower, a person who's living that intimate life in like step, step and step with Christ a surrendered life and one in community with other people where people are, you know, holding you accountable. We should be the freaking best at everything. And, and, and not for our, of course, not for our own good, but we should be the most Mm -hmm. creative. We should have the highest production. Mm -hmm. We should, you know, our ability to connect with people should be supernatural in this ability, our ability to communicate our ability, all of those things, because if we are doing it with excellence, um, Mm-hmm. then I just don't see how you kind of get to another place. And so for me, it's, it's been that I'm setting the example of you're not going to catch me doing something that is underhanded. You're not going to catch me talking about somebody mm-hmm. in a way that's not honoring of that person. You're not going to catch me mm-hmm. not achieving what I'm supposed to achieve at work. Um, and so it's one of those deals. It's just kind of living, living, living that life in the secular world with excellence. Cause I think it can be done. And, yeah. and if anything, there's, there's an opportunity that is so untapped. Um, and it's not a plague of the church as much as it is. It's just a, maybe a plague in, in modern Christianity, but there seems to be this, 
you know, we send our best to, to school for ministry and we send them to the churches to work. But if you think about it, man, like there's, there's so many more unsaved people. Yeah, they are a tiny. Yeah. Thing. And it's yeah, like, yeah. I, I want, you. I yeah. want our best. I'm, I want them in the churches too. Don't get me wrong, but I want them. I want them sure. everywhere. Yeah. You know, I, I, I want them yeah. working for the water tower company. I want them working at the cell phone company. Yeah. I want them at a car lot. With X. Exactly. With yeah, knocking it, knocking yeah. It out of the park. Not that they would be glorified, but that people would see in them this exactly this this right. thing, this difference, and that it would you know make them realize instead of being the stumbling block that it can be for a lot of other people. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's just been it's it's been so cool to build those relationships with people in an office um, where it, things aren't as black and white as they are in ministry, you know. But the relationships are just as real and the conversations are just as real and they can go as shallow or as deep as you want to take them. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just, it's been, it's been very, very sweet. Um, very, very different. Have you found community? Yeah. I mean like the, the, the people that I, I work with, there's even, even the people who I, I, with relative confidence that we don't believe the same thing. There's, there's sure. such a, a level of um, respect and honor just, and that sounds like if, mm -hmm. if the people who I work with hear that, they're going to be like, that's a little over the top. That's what, so honest thousand percent transparency right now. I'm sitting here thinking how much of this is he thinking? Oh, these people might. Listen yeah, to no. This. And, and I, and I hope they do because yeah. there is, um, and it's not like an overly, like it's a normal office place. It's not like lovey dovey, like people yeah, hanging out on yeah, bean yeah. bags. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. real life with real people. And, and you get glimpses yeah. day to day of a, a different, a different side to a person. And, and maybe it is me and being my personality type who's looking for that and who's recognizing it, but there's just, they're, they're good people. And I've, do you think that can be created? Do you think that can be fostered anywhere? I think so. I mean, I definitely, I, I think I'd be naive to say absolutely everywhere. I'm sure there's some circumstance or some place sure. that that would be much harder or maybe would verge on impossible. Um, mm -hmm. But I think if you are approaching it with some level of intentionality and you're doing your job with excellence and you are allowing yourself to be open, um, mm -hmm. I think it allows it because I think that there's even been things that have happened since I've been there. Not that I've changed it, but when you allow yourself to be open and goofy and mm -hmm. real and to talk about things that are maybe, a, a, you know, a, a touch more in depth than they have dealt with before, you then allow them to, and, and, and they can either reciprocate mm -hmm. or not. But you are in a way mm -hmm. when you are open and honest with somebody, you are giving them permission to do that same mm -hmm. thing. And so I, I believe it is something that you, you know, I think you can create it most places that you go, but it, mm -hmm. it's, it's not easy. Um, and maybe I was fortunate that there were yeah. some really solid people already there fostering a little bit of that. And it's, it maybe been more mm -hmm. seamless, but it's just been um, not without its trials, not without its difficulties or uncomfortableness, awkward moments, but it's just been, it's been good. It's been really good. A lot of the normal that we've yeah, talked about. Yeah, it's been a I mean, lot of normal. I'm sure. A lot of, a lot I mean, of you're talking normal. about I have the most um, desk job there is. You know, I, I go into the office yeah. with 
you know, if I, if I worked out that morning and I go into the office with 7,000 steps and I leave with 7,200 steps, you know, like it is an yeah. office job yeah. with a, a relatively yeah. small team. And I look at, I have three screens in front of me and, and it's, it's an office job, but it's just been, yeah. um, when you apply that kind of intentionality and that desire for something, stuff just always shows up, you know? So, so you talked about, um, trying to find a new space, a new place to worship. Yeah. Tell me about that process. What was that like? How long did you take? How many places did you go? How did you arrive? Have you found a place? Yeah, we have, we have found a place, um, that we feel, that we feel okay. very, very good about. And it was freaking brutal. I'm saying freaking a lot. Um, that's just how you, how that's you know okay. I'm, I'm real. Um, yeah, but it, it was it was tough. Um, I am critical to a fault. What what makes yeah. um, you good at some things is also can be used in the opposite direction. So what yeah. makes you what is your blessing? Yeah, your yeah, that's a way more acceptable saying than the nonsense I just spewed. Um, but, but you know, like the thing that made me good at ministry, catching the little things, caring about the tiny detail, you know, picking up on this, picking up on this makes it so brutal to go to church services. Um, because I just think like, Oh, here's what I would do. Like anybody was asking. It's hard to sit. It's hard to sit through some of the, no, no, no. not knocking anybody. Not that's not pointed. I'm just saying, it's hard to sit through some of No, no, for sure. And and that's the that's what you wrestle with is what is um what is rightful and what isn't. What's needed and what right. isn't. Because I definitely was approaching services yeah. where I was like, have they hired me as a consultant? Because I have a lot of opinions <laughs> that they have not asked for. Um and that most of yeah. them have no value outside of my personal preference. And so once mm-hmm. we were able to kind of and, and when I say once, like we, we probably went to, we probably went to like nine church services before I was able to like slow down. Different churches? It might've been we. Or nine at we, this one place. We, we said, we said early on that we wanted to go to every prospective church twice. Um, okay. We gave that up very quickly. <laughs> uh <laughs> Well, and the, and, you know, it, it's just a lot, man. It's a lot. And, and here's, here's what I learned. And this is for you. This is for anybody in ministry. But this is also for you if you are looking for a church home. I give you so much. Gr- I give so much grace to a, a visitor where Gosh. as a church worker, couldn't stand visitors because I just felt like, and they're not going to come back because no one shook their hand and they're, the music wasn't right or this was too dark. or the, And I just thought they were whiny and I thought they were beggy and all that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, going to that many different churches and every single week yeah. feeling like it was going to a new school where you don't know where the bathrooms yeah. are at. You don't know where people sit. You don't know anything yeah. about it. Like it's so weird to walk into a, Gosh, you, you don't know what it's like to walk into a building that you've never walked into. It's so yeah. you don't think about it; you take it for granted. Or you walk. I walk into the same church mm-hmm. for nine years straight. I don't think about it. I know where you know. I know where I dropped my guitar pick the week before, kind of a deal. And 
to walk into all of these places and not know where stuff is, not know how things happen, not, not to even really, you know what you're to expect, but you don't know what to expect. Um, yeah. And to go in it with all these hopes and aspirations too, like maybe this is our forever home. Maybe I'm about to make the greatest friends or maybe the spirit's going to move in this crazy way that he's never moved before and it's going to happen today. And you're just going with all these emotions. Yeah. It's almost like a first date, like the butterflies of anticipation and fear and all of these things sure. mixing. Um, and for, for me and Mindy, that was brutal because we're also, you know, we have Annie with us. And so you're toggling now I'm a visitor as a, a child and then I have a totally different grace for people bringing their kids to kids ministry and stuff like that. And, and yeah. not that we didn't yeah. trust the, the churches we were going to, but we didn't know anybody. So we were trying to keep Annie with us. And then, so you're trying to go to a church service with a, you know, not even a one year old, you know, and trying to sit through it and enjoy it and find and balance. And so imagine all that. Imagine all that. If you were not a believer or if you were a believer who like, like, a lot of us had wandered yeah. away and are trying to come back. Imagine all that you just described, no. but having the added layer of, um, I'm, I'm not where I need to be. I'm not who I was or I'm not who I want to be. I'm bringing some of this in. I can't, I literally cannot imagine. It would be, It'd be so freaking um, hard. <laughs> It'd be so, it would be so if it was hard. me and I've told this to people so many times when they just like, if I didn't know in in whatever way that I know that, that God is real and that he's moved and, and that I, I, I wholly mm-hmm. accept what the Bible says and that, you know, Jesus is who he says mm-hmm. he is. I wouldn't, mm-hmm. I would not play church for one Sunday. If yeah, I didn't, have, it, if I didn't, and that sounds terrible, if I didn't have to, there's no and so yeah, if yeah, I was yeah. a of a person who is new to the faith or a person who's apprehensive, goodness gracious, there's mm-hmm. no way I would go to more than one church. Not for me personally. Mm-hmm. There's not a remote chance mm-hmm. I would try twice. And so it's mm-hmm. it gave me and which is why, you know, to to now be entering into the next season of finding a place and, and getting to serve there, it just it gives me a perspective that in ministry for as long as I was, I never if anything, I had a negative view of visitors. And mm-hmm. now to be like, this is a big day for them. This is a big mm-hmm. season for them. This is a big what and they have mm-hmm. totally different circumstances than us. Some maybe some easier, some more difficult. I want them to freaking know that whether it is this place or the next place they go to, you're doing the right thing mm-hmm. and you will find it. You know, and yeah. it's it's yeah. it's something else. Gosh. <laughs> And that I've always thought, of course, in my current ministry context, um, it doesn't necessarily apply, but I've always thought it would be healthy if you had your staff, if you were in church work and if you had your staff on a rotation where you encourage them to go and visit other churches once every four to six sure. weeks. Um a, so that they can be in the room and not be at yeah. work, so they can be in the room and not have to be at the front of the room. But B, there is that that thread, that experience of walking into a foreign place, of not knowing where the restrooms are, not knowing all the, what you just went through. That's healthy when we come back to our place because we've just been, then we see a first or second time visitor come up the sidewalk and we have just 
two weeks ago or a week ago, three weeks ago, we've been that yeah. person. That's good. That's really um, good. And that, um, I've always thought that if I ever got to a place where I had, you know, a, a staff, like in some of the areas that you and I have served, um, that I would very much encourage them to do that, to figure out some kind of rotation for that. Um, okay. So, so now I want to get to, uh, so we've alluded to her. You've talked about her several times. Let's talk about Annie James. Henderson. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm about to go yeah. get her up out of this crib so you guys can see her. <laughs> yeah. Don't wake her up. Maybe you'll be upset. Uh, what, what's fatherhood like, man? Oh, it's not, it's not even close to fair. Um, yeah. There's there's no no words. It is hard for me cuz yeah. I've um I I feel like I've always been pretty in tune with my emotions, always able to emote and to clearly tell people how I feel whether it's an uncomfortable feeling or always been just open about that sort of stuff. But the the feeling of not even the 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 actual a lot of people have like stories about the like the birth story and those moments and, yeah. and those were moments that I will never forget. I have snapshots in my brain and on my phone of of those things. But it's been mm-hmm. I think it's been in the ordinary stuff in between. Uh I mean it the normal Yeah, because that's it's every day and I'm a I'm, and I have this from from words from people like you and and from other just formative people in my life um if the only things you're really like clinging to are the first time they say dada or the first time they take a step it's like you're gonna have so many gaps and and you know and maybe i won't be able to hold all the memories of these regular tuesday you know at 6 p.m and she does this thing or or you know just a, a normal saturday morning where we get to sleep in and we're pushing her around the street like but i'm gonna i'm gonna try my hardest to to just mm-hmm. soak in what regular life is because regular life with her is, I mean, it's, it's the craziest thing I've ever experienced in my entire life. And, yeah. you know, and it's, yeah. I can't imagine like some of the cliches are very much true. Like I, I can't imagine a life without her. I can't imagine, um, I mean, the feelings of like in, intense love, the intense need to protect and to serve and all of this stuff mm-hmm. paired with that you still get frustrated. Like when they get up in the middle of the yeah. night, you just want to be like, if oh, you don't yeah. lay back down, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to leave you outside. So speaking of cliches, speaking of cliches has earthly fatherhood parlayed into heavenly fatherhood child of god at all yet or no yeah no i mean that's that's something too i i feel like it um probably aided in the the health of our transition from from church world to to back to Mm -hmm. the secular and to wanting to find a church home and stuff like that because i the way that i felt basically instantaneously in the way that I felt watching her figure things out and I, and she, and she's figuring out, you know, like the day she figured out how to walk or crawl or, or, or just sit <laughs> up or the day she, you know, was holding a cup on her own kind of a deal. 
and it's these elementary things and the way that I think of the things that I'm learning are complex, but the way that God probably watches me too. And he's like, he's, he's getting it. You know, he's do he's doing the equivalent <laughs> yeah, of pulling yeah. up now, you know, like he's, he's yeah, sitting up yeah, now yeah. without any help. Um, and the idea of, of being so loved regardless. And, and the idea that when I, when I fall short, it's so much less based in anger as much as it is. I, I just don't want you to hurt. It, it's him mm-hmm. saying like, I just, I, my heart is broken because I don't want you to have felt that. Like when she does a thing. Protection versus Exactly. Punishment. And because that's so much yeah. of that I still, yeah. uh, still like naturally assumed was when I did that thing, it made him angry, which not to say we don't make mm-hmm. God, you know, but. Sure. Yeah, but we, I think we do leave out the part where he doesn't want us to feel that way. He doesn't want us to stumble and fall and, and not to say there's no lesson to be learned from it or a, a thing to grow, but sure. there's times where I'm like, I don't want her to do this because I don't want her to fall and hurt herself. And it hurts mm-hmm. me that she would want to do, th- you know, and that, that sort of thing where yeah. there's just been um, characters, like character and attributes of God that I previously could have told you. But I don't know if I could have, I don't know if I had felt them. I don't know if I, I don't want to say didn't believe mm-hmm. them, but I did not personally know them to be, you know, true. The yes. And so now that I've, now that I've yeah. experienced it, I'm like, I can now say it and fully like mm-hmm. subscribe to the belief of this. Cause I, I feel like I've, you know, lived yeah. something that's allowed me to, to see that in a more tangible way. So that sweet baby's warm. Yeah. She turned one. Yeah, uh, she's yeah. I think she's right at 14, 14 months, a little over fourteen months. Wow, it's crazy. Walking. Yeah, walking. Uh, How many teeth? So freaking many. Like every, it's. She's right now. She's she's uh, she's got her fingers in her mouth all day because she's just pushing on them, trying to push down. Because I know it. Yeah. It irritates her throughout the day. Um, and but no, it's it's the craziest thing to see her smile now, and she's got you know, four or five on the top, four or five on the bottom. She's got stuff coming in on the backs and it's just every day yeah. is something truly like just completely new. What's her personality? Personality. She's, like? she's as she? crazy as a hit dog. She's, she gets it. Yeah. She dad. gets it. She gets it honest, uh, from, from both yeah. of us. She basically always has the zoomies, man. She's, if she is awake right now, she's definitely in a season um, where she does not want to be held. She wants to be on the ground. She wants to be moving. Um, and she's she's just always exploring. She's she's always opening up her books. She's always looking under this thing, picking this up, finding any loose dog hair or somehow shard of glass on the ground and bringing it to me sure. uh, before she tries to eat it. Um and she is absolutely in everything at all times. And it is somehow the, both the most frustrating thing and the just the sweetest, you know, like as I'm sitting here tonight, I get home immediately, start boiling water to make noodles. I'm going to do spaghetti. And the entire time she is just wiling out, just just <laughs> opening up every because I haven't put cabinet locks on. She's just opening up every single cabinet door looking at me and then slamming them and, and then handing me books to read to her. And, you know, it's just, 
Yeah. It's an absolute beautiful mess. She's a happy baby though, right? I mean, yeah. she is no, a we, we, sweet, happy we baby. Got, we got very, very fortunate. Mindy was so incredibly intentional. Um, and I, I'll never probably be able to express my gratitude for that. Cause I'm sure I won't ever even notice the like the grand, like the scope of what she did and just her, her gifting and intentionality towards, um, starting Annie early on like schedules and things like that. Like this book mom's on call, which she's bought for plenty of people and just giving it to them. She's like, you don't have to do it. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's a hundred percent, but we did it. And it's awesome. And and it, and it has less to do with Moms on Call and more about Mindy's desire to approach anything with thought beforehand. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where I, I have that for some things, but I'm also very much like a winger when it comes to some other things. And not to say I would have yeah. done it, but like her level of intentionality has changed our lives, I think, for the better. I do believe. We got to get her. No, we, and here. we will. Yeah, we, we will. We have to do a Mindy Henderson episode. We just yeah. got to at some no, we, point. We really do because she's she's, she's something else. And and I do believe Annie has responded super well to it where I think you could apply exactly what we did to another child and it might not happen the same or for somebody else it might even be way better. But we've just – she's always been super happy-go-lucky, um, has slept through the night since she was seven or eight weeks old, Eats at the same wow. time, naps at the same time, plays, and and when she wants something, she is quick to let you know. Um, but but mm-hmm. in Mindy's level of you know preparedness and and just wanting Annie to be set up for success, it's made everything mm-hmm. that was already going to be because it's still hard. It doesn't matter if your baby sleeps through the mm-hmm. night. It's not that's not the hardest part of the day, anyways. Like there's plenty yeah. of things that will still be difficult. Um, yeah. But it, she has set both. Annie and us up for success in so many ways um, that it, it's, it just makes sometimes where I believe where people are so burnt out, whether it's on just all the stuff, how busy life can get that sometimes they don't get to slow down and enjoy a, you know, a Wednesday night meal. They don't get to enjoy um, what we got to enjoy. And it's not because they're not working super hard. It's not because they don't want it, but it's, I think from you know just what she was able and willing to do, it's afforded us some time to be able to slow down and get to enjoy those those moments and things like that. So it's been just super sweet um, to to kind of see that and and to just learn truly just learn from Annie every day because she's she's something else. Yeah, well, I I have observed both in person and from afar, and. Uh, you and Mindy are killing the game. Y'all are, uh, um, you are an incredible husband, um, and an equally incredible father. And, uh, it makes me proud. It's interesting. We talked on another podcast that, you know, our relationship is, it's been so many things. It's been best friends. It's been mentor mentee. It's been spiritual brothers. It's been, um, there's been a strand of older brother, younger brother, father-like figure. Yeah. There's just been all these different parts and pieces to our relationship. And not to get too sappy, man, but I'm so, so proud of you. I'm proud of you and Mindy. And, um, yeah, you make me proud. Thank so. you, brother. 
Yeah. So, um, all right. I think we ought to wrap it up. I don't even know what our time count is. So there's not going to be an entrance or an uh, exit to these things. It's sticking to that. No post-production, no editing, uh, no intro stuff. So if you're listening to this, if you saw it, if you've made it this far, watched us in segments incrementally, um, please uh, subscribe. Is that right? Subscribe, like, follow. Uh, if you could give us a review, that's one thing that I've seen as I've kind of checked out other podcasts. If you take a few moments and and give us a review, if it's if it's you know honest and real, good or bad, if you take a moment and do that, um, yeah. Before we head out, so these um, uh, this episode is going to be what's that thing one fourteen one thirteen. Yeah. Um, the next one, I don't even know who I'm interviewing next, but it might be 20 minutes. You know, I'm not sure, but you'll see that in the posts. Um, one thing that I've learned, so you've inspired me, you and Jared Rodenizer. I need to get Jared Rodenizer on here yeah, yeah. Um, to get active. And, and um, one thing I've learned in my walks, because we're walking every day, and I can put an earbud in, pull up a podcast, and the episode link doesn't really matter um, if I get back. All I got to do is the next day, just pick right back up. And so uh, we're going to be much less structured. There will be no structure, really. Um, so one one episode may be an hour, 15 minutes. One might be 20 minutes uh, if we interview a real dud. So, uh, uh, yeah, so that's the Keep It Simple podcast. So before you go, this is stealing a page from Annie F. Downs. She ends, who I, I love to listen to that podcast. Um, she, she ends every episode with what sounds fun to you. Um, and so um, imitation is the highest form of flattery uh, and compliment. And so um, we've just learned that you're taking control of your physical health, uh, that you have changed jobs, found a new church, working full time being an excellent husband and father. Uh, so my question is, how do you keep it simple? What's the number one way you keep it simple? That's a great question. Keeping it simple. Mm-hmm. Man, I think for me, um, even though I do believe that I I do a poor job of it a lot of times, you know, maybe my inner critic says I do it wrong more than I do it right. Um, and I don't prioritize it, but I, I truly believe that it is just slowing down and, and noticing, you know, slowing down and looking around, slowing down and saying the thing to the person, you know, it, it is, it's slowing down. It's slowing down because it has been an incredible season of transition, um, incredibly fruitful, but incredibly trying, incredibly difficult, incredibly all of the, you know, lees. Um, but the sweetest times have been both in the mundane and the highs and the lows, but it is when I'm able to just slow down and to notice a thing. You know, it is to slow down in the middle of cooking spaghetti, which I know has to get done and just pay attention for a second to what Annie's doing. It's it's in the middle of knowing that I've got somewhere to be in about an hour, but Mindy's on the couch. 
and I could sit there and, and ask her how something went, you know, and it's, it's just the, you know, intentionally slowing down whatever you got going on and giving it just the smallest iota of effort and to realize that that is, um, sometimes that's enough. Perfect. I love, I love you. you. Uh, I will talk to you soon. Thank you for being the guinea pig and episode one. We're going gangbusters. Let's go, dude.